This is Convey, conversations on the power of good communication. I'm Michael Piperno. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Convey. Today's conversation is with my friend Amanda Miles, who's a packaging designer. She's worked with big brands you all know, like Toys R Us, Don't Go Nuts, The Soulful Project, Campbell Soup, and more. I have to admit, Amanda's one of my favorite people on the planet. We've known each other for more than, is it 35 years? Could it be 35 years that we've known each other, Amanda? No, it can't be that long, could it? I think I think it is, because um, Amanda and I went to high school together. And I actually can't remember if we met first in high school or if we met in summer theater before. I think we met in summer theater. It was um, the summer after sixth grade. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I think you're right. Because one of my earliest memories of you is you teaching me how to plunk out the, uh, that Howard Jones song on the piano. <laughs> what was that one? What was oh. that song? What was that song? Oh, no one bing, is to blame. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. Yep. No, yep, yep. <laughs> so it was. It Meanwhile, was. Before you had high years school. and years of piano. You're probably laughing at me. No, but I didn't. I, it's funny. I didn't know. I had never learned to play by ear until I was a teenager. I had only been able to read music. So I remember that moment because you were like, this is how you do it. And I was like, oh, yeah. You can like listen and just like plunk it out. I was like, wow. So that you actually were teaching me from the first moment we met. I love it. Wow. Well, so, sadly, my skills never really improved after that. <laughs> That's where it started and ended. <laughs> but you have other skills, which we're going to talk about today. So, um, but Amanda, thanks for joining me today. I'm really glad you're here. Oh, thank you. I want to ask you because, you know, you're an accomplished designer. Uh, a lot of what you do is packaging design, but you went to school for was it graphic design or was it art in general? I did. Well, honestly, when I first got there, I went in undecided. No idea what I wanted to do. I always loved art, but I was like, oh, I'm just not good enough. I'm going to try teaching. And I like teaching, but I still wanted to do art. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to try nursing. And I tried that for about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I finally said, you know what? I'm going to move over to the art department. I'm going to take some classes. I'm going to see if I like it. And I just fell in love. I, you know, I'm in, in high school, I was always drawing. It was kind of my, I was kind of an introvert. And like, I remember in seventh grade, you know, I'd be sitting there in homeroom, like, oh, like hating every second of it. So I would just totally just get into myself. I would just sit there and draw on, you know, my paper bag uh, book covers that I had on the back of my uh -huh. math book. And I would just fill them up with art and design. And I'd always loved doing it, but, you know, like I said, I never thought it was good enough. You know, uh, there's always somebody better than me. But sure. finally in college, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And if they'll tell me if I stink. <laughs> so, yeah, <right. laughs> um, so, yeah, I did. And I moved over to the art and I never looked back after that. Um, so I decided to go into it with a, um, I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts with a specialization in graphic design and then I further mm. specialized and um, I got a specialization in packaging design. Oh, so you did do packaging design studies specifically in college. I did. Okay. Yeah. It was like three or four classes, but very valuable. Yeah. Um, it taught us the basics of branding and, you know, just coming up with logos and everything. So, you know, really great. And I don't know if I said um, I went to the college of New Jersey. I think I left that part out. So great school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the uh, how did you when you got out of school? Did you get 
a job right in package design right away or was it more in just general graphic design? It was general graphic design. Um, so I was super lucky. I'd gone to a, um, I'd gone to New York city to a job fair at FIT mm. and I met some of the coolest people out there. I, I met, um, family circle magazine and women's day were there hiring mm-hmm. and Victoria's secret was there hiring packaging designers for, you know, perfume bottles and really cool stuff like that. I was, oh, I was so enamored with all of them. Like, Oh, I want to work at any of these places. But so I was walking around and I, I met up with um, Toys R Us was there recruiting ah. and I showed them my portfolio. And, you know, about a week later they called me in, they asked me if I wanted to, uh, you know, come in and do a couple of test days. So, so I went in and uh, yeah, they liked what they saw. So you know, they gave me a shot and they hired me, but I was started out with the kids or us division way back when, when mm, kids or us mm-hmm. was around and I did um, little eight page inserts that would be shoved into the Sunday paper. Oh, remember those? <laughs> yes, yeah, hey, right. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, fancy. It wasn't, you know, my dream job, but I said, you know what, Toys R Us is a great place. And I mm. knew that they did, um, their own packaging for toys. So I said, someday maybe I can like move over and get into there. Mm-hmm. So that's what actually what ended up happening. I spent two years right. um, doing the catalog stuff for Kids R Us, which was super valuable because I learned a whole different side of graphic design, you know, um, doing photo shoots. I had never been on a photo shoot before. So, mm. you know, they took me into New York to these fancy studios and, you know, we got to pick models and, you know, the, it, it was really kind of glamorous to me to see that side of it when I, you know, just coming out of college, you're not really exposed to that kind of thing. So right. um, it was, it was really cool for me, um, you know, to get to know these photographers and, and get to know the lingo and the lighting and, and everything, um, which is really great. And in addition to that, um, you know, the technical side of things, just sending things out to printers and Back then, we it was before digital, so we were you know mm-hmm. reviewing chromes and and marking things up for retouching, um, wow. you know all of that stuff. But it was just it was really great, valuable experience. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because I you know I have some design in my background, and you know I I don't think I was on a, like a real true proper f- photo shoot until. 15 years out of college. So you were doing that stuff like in your first job. Yeah, it was, it was really great. You know, at first I wasn't able to go by myself, of course, you know, I had great Mm -hmm. mentors who would take me and, and, you know, put me under their wing and show me what to do. Right. But, you know, eventually after three or four times, they, they set me free and let me do my own thing. So, so it was really great. Well, one of the things I've, I, I mean, I'm a, this whole podcast is about communication. My whole career is about communication, but I've always had a real love for the power of visual communication. You know, the story you can tell with design, sometimes even without words. So mm-hmm. is there like a, um, is there a process you follow or do you, or is there, I mean, how do you do what you do with design something that's going to be sitting on a shelf that needs to grab attention and tell the story and not only that, but get put in a shopping cart and purchased, <laughs> you know, is, is there like a, a magic to it, a process to it that you can share? Well, it does take a lot of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't go it alone. There's a lot of folks you have to talk to, um, you know, normally I would start out talking to uh, a marketing person who would tell me, okay, we've got this product. 
Um, we we want to target it towards this group of people, you know, who have this need state, you know, um, they need somebody who needs, I don't know, blue dishwashing detergent. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we're going to do a red one, uh-huh, right. <laughs> whatever, um, you know, what their point of difference is, um, who they're marketing to, you know, why they should buy this product, you know, mm-hmm. does it help people? Does it, um, you know, when you buy one, does it give money back to somebody? Is there, you know, what makes this product more special than all the other ones on the shelf? So, you know, that takes a lot of communication right there. Yeah. And then once we start designing, um, you know, who are we talking to? Is it a mom with three kids? Is it, uh, you know, a single person? Mm-hmm. Who are we talking to and what would appeal to them? What's their design sensibilities? And then go a step further. Okay, it's going to sit on the grocery store shelf or the toy store shelf what's next to it where's it going to sit you know will it stand out mm. so there's a, there's a lot of things like that you have to you have to look into it yeah for sure and do you like do you have the opportunity to test those things or do you end up designing something and cross your fingers that it's just going to work in all the different applications well i guess all, that all depends on what your budget is um you okay. know, i've been at corporations you know like campbell soup where yeah, we were able to do testing. Um, there's qualitative testing and quantitative testing. Um, I always like to remember qualitative is like you get quality results. It's, it's usually right. a <laughs> it's usually a, a group of like five to ten people who they bring in and they give mm-hmm. very honest feedback. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. not what you want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <but> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> luckily, that you're behind like a dark glass and you can't really you know, they can't see your face when you're like, oh, right. You know, right. I know. <laughs> But, um, but no, it, it is actually, you know, really valuable feedback when you can hear, you know, sometimes as marketers and designers, we get so into the details that, you know, yeah. it's good to hear some, you know, honest feedback from people who have never seen it before and are, you know, fresh, have fresh eyes on it. So, um, so that's really great. So there's uh, qualitative like that. And then mm-hmm. there's also quantitative research where, um, you know, you just get uh, and I think this one, a big quantity of people. So they'd get like 500 people and, mm. you know, have them grab them in the mall and, you know, ask them questions or maybe online, you know, especially now with COVID. Um, right. You know, a lot of it's, most of it's done online these days. So, um, you know, just sending out surveys to a lot of people just to get feedback on, you know, ask, you know, pointed questions. Does this stand out, you know, uh, what what makes this appealing, you know, and, and, right. and people are great. And they, they, it's kind of like crowdsourcing your design before it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times does that just result in minor tweaks or has that resulted in major overhauls? Oh, both. You know, both. Occasionally they, they love it and it's great. And other times you're like, we have no idea what this is. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> this, well, that's a problem. This does not stand <laughs> out. I don't get it. You know, um, you mm. know, sometimes the brand attributes, you'd want something to say like it's all natural or, <laughs> you know, uh, organic without saying it's organic, you know, the, you know, a lot of right. times the marketers are trying to say three or four things. So um, it's all about hierarchy of, what are you trying to say one, two, and three? And then we try yeah. to portray that in our packaging um, mm-hmm. when we test it. 
you're making me think back to my agency days when we would do focus groups on web designs <laughs> and when we would be getting the feedback it'd be like oh no you know like <laughs> that really stings and I, I I'm upset about it because I love the design and we work so hard on it but I see what they mean and we missed it yeah <laughs> you yeah, know that, that, that are, hurts it's tough to hear but you know after a few minutes you can start to say yeah you're right they're, uh-huh. they're right. They're spot on. <laughs> yep. And thankfully, we did that because now we can, you know, we can really make it effective for the client who hired us to do that job, mm-hmm. you know, after that feedback. Exactly. And so. it's valuable, too, when you go into the future because that's in your head. Like, oh, remember yep. we did that job and they, they didn't get it because we did X, Y, and Z. You know, maybe this time we should try something else. So so yeah, it's a good learning experience to take with you, even if, if the initial... Um, testing does not provide you know the predicted results right it's still useful to take into the future for other projects absolutely with a little bit of a bruised ego maybe but that's okay that's exactly (laughs) so what's you've done when i think when i'm in the you know uh in the food store, especially, and I haven't been in the food store in almost a year now, which is crazy to think. But I know, right? <laughs> I think about, oh yeah, you know that Amanda could have designed that. You know that I'm seeing on the shelf. What's what are some of your? And I know you've done toys and you've done f- uh, food products and everything. Like, what are? Can you think of one or two designs that you really loved seeing on the shelf that you were like, yeah, I'm proud I did that. That's mine. You know what? My favorite one, I think, is. Um, for Campbell's soup, you know, mm-hmm. we I did a lot of their their kids soups, which was super fun. Yeah. And when I first got there, you know, they were you know had their their soup line, and they had their um, their kids line, and in particular had like a red top and a white bottom, and they just take a licensed character and you know stick it on there, and it, it looked great, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, they gave me a Star Wars project. It was when like. Um, the newer set of Star Wars was just coming out maybe five years ago with, yeah. with um, Ray and BB-8 mm-hmm. and all the, all the new people. Right. But you know, Disney couldn't provide us assets for any of that stuff because they would have let the cat out of the bag too early and you know, people wouldn't uh, know. So right. they gave me free access to all of the Disney assets, everything Star Wars you could ask for, which was so cool. cool. I kind of geeked out and <laughs> you know, yeah. poured through all of these uh, designs. And I came up with a new, you know, I got really inspired by, you know, it's such a shame to just take these little, little licensed assets and just slap them on this red and white can, you know, could right, we do something right. different? So, you know, in my concepts, you know, cause you always have to come up with, you know, five or six at least um, concepts. And I did some close in ones that would fit, you know, with their current brand. And then I pushed mm-hmm. it out a little bit and I did one where, you know, the license art just took over the whole can and uh, super dynamic and uh, uh-huh. everybody fell in love with it and it was great. And from that point on, um, Campbell's changed the way that they did their uh, kids license soups. And so now it's like always a whole can. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's super fun. You know, it really grabs kids attention when you're you know, going down the store. They're like, Oh, you know, mom or dad, I, I need to have this can of Paw Patrol, right. or, <laughs> you know, whatever the license might be of the day. Um, so that was, that was really cool. And and then I loved it so much. They um, We had four cans that we could do. 
And then Target was like, oh, we love it. We want our own can. So then we did a couple extra ones. So we did like a 3PO can and a special edition like Darth Vader can. So, so it was cool. And it was kind of like collectible. Like people were actually going to the store and, and buying my cans oh, that's so cool. <laughs> to collect them. So it was pretty neat for me. And my favorite part, which isn't really packaging design, but um, I would design the noodle shapes inside. So Oh, really? <laughs> I would buy like these canned soups for my kids and, you know, they'd be like, oh, Mom, I don't know what this is. So that was always in my brain. So I was like, right. I'm designing a Yoda so everybody can <laughs> figure out what it is. <laughs> so so that was always a, a great, you know, with not packaging design, but just design in general because it's, uh, yeah. it's very, it doesn't seem like a hard job, but it uh, it actually is very technical and you have to... What software do you even design food in? Do you do it in the normal graphic design software? Yeah, I just use Illustrator. We, we okay. use Illustrator and then they, they send it out to a pasta maker who um, you okay. know, carves these plates and then they extrude it through. It's actually, that was a pretty cool part of my job too, to, to go to the pasta factory and see it all getting like produced. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, I designed that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that would hands down be my favorite, the Star Wars cans I did. Yeah. Awesome. What a great story. <laughs> uh, the stuff I designed, I never got to see in person. So I'm like sitting here really jealous right now. <laughs> no, it is weird though to walk yeah, down the street, that, the, the, the street, the aisles of the grocery store. And you're like, oh my God, yeah. that's my thing right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw a couple billboards that I designed and that was kind of a thrill. And then one, one campaign I did was all over like, you know, the transit posters all over the oh, yeah. New Jersey transit. Like that was fun. I was like, Riding on a train one day, and I was like, oh, I designed that. Oh, how cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but I love that you, with that Campbell's Soup example, you kind of, because you pushed a little bit beyond the boundaries and beyond what's typically done, mm -hmm. you actually changed the way they handle certain designs which is really cool yeah that that was ex super exciting for me um you know because it's it's really easy to just okay here's what we've always done you know rinse and repeat let's just do it again for you know some other license but mm -hmm. you know the fact that we pushed and um you know tried to come up with uh, unrealized opportunities like hey if, if we did instead of one label Per license what if we did five different labels and then people would collect them so mm -hmm. so yeah it, it it ended up being a great opportunity i, I think it um produced more sales and uh right just cool from a design execution <laughs> so. absolutely yeah amanda we're going to take a quick break for a moment for a word from all of our sponsors so everybody will be right back Get ready to be treated like family at the Philadelphia region's favorite family-owned bridal and tuxedo store, Dariana Bridal and Tuxedo. They have wedding dresses from top designers, bridesmaid dresses, mother of the bride and groom dresses, and the largest selection of tuxedos and suits. Visit them online today at darianabridal.com or text them at 215-491-8500. This episode is sponsored by the Comvia Group your source for communication, leadership, and workplace relationships coaching and training. If you want to be a better leader and communicator, or help your team get better results through better relationships at work, visit WeAreComVIA. That's WeAreComVIA.com to learn more. 
Okay, Amanda, I want to ask you a question about communication breakdowns because they happen in every organization and in every discipline. What kind of breakdowns can happen in the packaging world? And, you know, I guess what I'm looking at is I know from being in a design environment in the past that there are production breakdowns that can happen, but then you also have the whole store element, the retail element. Exactly. What are those things? And is there one specific one that was like (laughs) one that you could share that is a big one? I can actually think of a couple. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the one in particular, um, again, it's a Campbell's example, but we had designed these, um, you may have seen them. Well, maybe not if you haven't been to the grocery store, but we designed these really cool snowman cans. Um, Mm -hmm. They stack, you know, one's a head. It's like a, got a red hat and a little face. And the other one has a a red scarf and a a white body. So you can take one can and stack it on top of the other and it turns into a snowman. Oh, cool. Super fun. Yeah. Um, So we did this and, um, you know, we came up with some, some great displays. I, we worked with some outside partner agencies to do the display work. I didn't. I only designed the label mm-hmm. for the can, but um, you know, I'm super excited to see it. So I, <laughs> I go to the grocery store, you know, month in looking for my cans, right. you know, and I find the display units there, but the wrong cans are inside of it. They put in Disney's Frozen, um, you know, Anna and Elsa cans. Uh-huh. Instead of the actual snowman, snowman cans that were supposed <laughs> to be in there. So somewhere along the way, I, you know, there was a little bit of a breakdown. So I, I took a picture. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if the cans just didn't come in, if there was a discrepancy in the timing that happened. Right. You know, they didn't, they weren't supposed to, oh, well, we got a Campbell's display. Let's just stick up, you know, stick something in it. Right. You know, oh, gosh. I'm not sure where the breakdown in communication was, but yes, it, it does happen. And, you know, sometimes, um, I can think of another one where like we designed for a um, Sam's club or BJ's mm-hmm. you know, one of the big, big stores and you have designed very specifically, you know, they put the pallets in a certain way uh-huh. to, to go in and they, they put it sideways. Well, they put in the side that didn't have any branding on it. The, the side that you couldn't print on. Oh gosh! <laughs> so you put it in sideways and nobody could see what the product was. So, you know, um, total breakdown communication had we known it was going to be merchandised that way sideways we could have probably done something differently but right oh wow geez so yeah there's there's always something and you know sometimes um you know back to my toy days if we tried to do um like a foil stamping on something or tried to do a special spot gloss you know you'd have to be in contact um you know with our printers who were in hong kong um you know, you'd have to be in constant contact with them, mm. communication to make sure, you know, the, the right foil you wanted was, was pressed into it to make sure it's in the right location. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I can't imagine you know, having the production vendor being halfway across the world. Yeah. Wow. Yep. You know, and then you'd have to wait like two weeks for things to like come back <laughs> to actually see like a printed sample of it. So, yeah, oh, there, wow. there's there's tons of community, you know. You have to be very um, open to communication and, you know, very, uh, you know, have all your stuff in order and, and just communicate early and often mm. so that everybody knows what's expected. Mm-hmm. expected. Yeah. So. I want to wrap up here because we're coming to the close of this episode with a few questions for you. And just tell me, Amanda, what comes to mind first when I ask you these questions. All right. <laughs> okay. Everybody's like, okay, nervous. all right, we'll see when we get to this point. 
So what has your specific experience as a packaging designer taught you about human communication or even nonverbal communication? Well, I guess our package design as nonverbal communication, you know, we have to get our point across without saying a word. It has to be show-stopping. So somebody mm. stops in the middle of the grocery store and grabs it. So um, I think simplicity is really the key for me mm. um, so that people can zero in on what you're trying to tell them quickly and easily. So important. And that's hard to do. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You really got to boil it down. Like, all right, what's the most important thing? And maybe what's the second most important thing I want them to know in the 10 seconds that they're going to be walking by. Right. Because that's all you got. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What's your favorite song from when we were in high school? <laughs> 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 oh, I don't know. That is a good one. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. And I was thinking if she asked me back, back I don't, God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember as uh, dancing to It's Rain and Men in our car. Oh my God. Yeah, that's <laughs> your funny. Little, your little red sports car. Oh, or yeah. the green car where the door fell off in front of my house. <laughs> that's a question I have on here. I was going to ask you if you remember the time my door fell off out of front of your house. Oh, how could I forget that? <laughs> That was so funny. Everybody, I was I went to pick Amanda up. We were going bowling or I don't know what we were doing, but I, I went to pick her up and I opened the door when I got to her house and it fell right out into the street. And we had to, I don't know if we drove it to a, we, yeah. well, we put it back on. I remember driving wherever we drove it and I was like holding it closed while we were driving. So Just don't open the door again. <laughs> oh my God. Those were the days, right? <laughs> But the disco songs were funny, even though they weren't our high school days. We used to like play them in the car a lot. Exactly. But yeah. then now I have, you know, the serious uh, 90s on nine and the 80s on eight on my radio. Uh-huh. I have to say, I find myself listening to like grooves in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know oh, yeah. I remember that, that one. Was, oh, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> that was delight. Grooves in the heart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. We're telling everybody our age right now, Amanda, by, by sharing these songs. <laughs> so, well, this has been fun. Thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about, you know, what you do in, in the visual communication realm. And uh, is there a way that people can find out more about you? Yeah, I am on LinkedIn. I'm currently uh, doing freelance work. So if anybody wants to find me, uh, search for Amanda Miles on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thanks for doing this, Amanda. I love you. Thank you. Love you more. (laughs) That's it for this episode of Convey. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and head on over to my website at michaelpiperno.com to learn more about me and to check out all the communication tips and tricks I share on my blog. See you next time.